0: It's good to be back. It's been probably three months since I got to speak last. I've been super busy, been uh, on trips and having plans, but it feels good to be back. And the church is growing so rapidly. The last time I spoke, there was a lot less people here. So uh, I'm glad to see the church growing. It's awesome. Alrighty, as everybody's finding their seats, just going to play a little music for you guys first. How many know Amazing Grace? everybody know the what's the first words of amazing grace there you go it's amazing grace okay y'all know it okay if you would just sing it along with me and jerry's going to play the drums we're just going to sing this little song together there's your key very good very good everybody okay that was a little off it's all right let's go again ready <laughs> Sweet all right hold on hold on that was wrong i don't know why that was wrong, but I just know it was wrong. Um, there's certain rules about music. You can't just, I mean, I kind of want to get up here and just kind of do what I want to do, but I've got to, it's just not working right. I've got to figure something out. Okay. No, guys, I'm totally joking. Amazing Grace for real this time. And it's amazing. to music, okay? You can't just get up here and do whatever you want. And I don't want to give too much away, but if you try to just make your own chords and do your own thing and play in the wrong key, it can get ugly, okay? But if you do what you're supposed to do, you can get something pretty. Alrighty, I'm going to get too far in my notes if I'm not careful. That was all planned. It was supposed to sound bad, guys, so don't... Don't worry about it. Bring this up here. Yeah. So, how many people from the from the very start were like, "Ugh, I don't. I may not play an instrument, but I just know that wasn't right." Everybody's got a, a, an ear for music to some degree, even if you don't play. You can you can point out somebody who's singing the national anthem wrong or who's singing. Bad music. All righty. Like I said, there's rules to music, there's structures to it. There's certain things like scales. That's the G major scale. Sorry guys, I'm super nervous. <laughs> okay, but so you got scales. You've got tuning. All of these individual notes have to match. They all have to match each other to make the chord work. You gotta press the right frets. You got to hit the right string. You got to work it all together. Certain notes make a certain chord. You got a G chord right there. D chord, E minor, B. So all these notes work together. Okay, you can't just hop in here and if I get right here and I go and I go, that doesn't work. The, everything's off now. Everything's got a, a structure in music. There's rules to it. You can't just get in there and do it however you want to do it. All right, I'm done with that, Kirk. So, just that was just to give you a little visualization. So, you got certain tuning you got to have. There's certain scales. If we're doing the G major scale, that's all of our music's going to fall into the G major scale. If I'm playing in G and you're playing in A and you're playing in B minor, it's going to be awful. It's going to sound like it did a second ago. Now, instinctually, we know good music when it's, when it's heard. Like you hear a symphony, from a, or you hear an orchestra play a, a beautiful classical symphony, you're like, wow, that's incredible. I don't even know how to play music, but I know that is unbelievable. Or you, you go see some amazing jazz band and they are just hitting all the right notes, and it just blows you away. You're like, that's good music. On the other side of things, you can go to, you know, a junior high band recital and be like, er, ee, er, and you'll know that, okay, this, those kids don't have it yet, but they they can get it one day. It's just that that's not right. Instinctually, I know that that's no good. Now, when you take the rules of music, like music theory, and you've got triads and scales and following the right tempo, and making sure everybody's in the same time signature and all this stuff that makes up the the whole structure of music theory, when you follow that, you take raw, unproduced sound and make something incredible out of it, something very, very beautiful. Now, this little goofy demonstration was just to help you remember and go home with this and remember how bad Bryce is when he plays the piano when he doesn't follow the rules. Uh, I'd like to just compare this to our walk with Christ, okay? The Bible has set in place a series of principles, commandments, directions, and examples of how we are supposed to live during our time on the earth. He's put these rules and structures in place that will lead us to grow spiritually and grow in our spiritual maturity if we choose to follow them. We've got a free will. We can choose whether or not... We want to follow these rules, how often we want to, when we want to, where we want to. We've got that choice. They're laid out for us, but we have the choice. We don't have to follow them. We can play our own music. That right there, the first two times was our own music. It's music how I can make music if if I tried to make my own music theory. But the only way to make real music is to follow the rules. Now we have a combination of his scripture, so we got the word, the church and its leaders—Pastor Jan, Pastor Susan, Pastor Jeremy, Pastor Bree—all these teachers in our lives. Um, for the kids, it's their parents; or for you, it might be a coworker, but somebody who knows a little more than you, who's been a Christian longer than you. We've got leaders in our life that we listen to and trust. We've got the word, and then for every person that's been saved, we have the guidance of the Holy Spirit living inside of us. We walk. Uh, with the spirit inside of us. And we have the spirit of truth in us. Now, these, They've been setting in place. These three things have been set in place by God. For the edification of ourselves as individuals. Our families. And for the body of Christ as a whole. All those three things. The church. The word. Um, the Holy Spirit. It's all here to help mold us and grow us. Like. The Bible, so the word. All the scriptures used to edify, 2 Timothy 3 and 16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God, that's us, may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Thoroughly equipped for every good work. Sounds like teaching to me. Now, we know that the Bible is our handbook for life. Pastor Jeremy says it every week when he goes, this, this right here, this is what you got to do. This, every week, I pick up on his, uh, on his mannerisms a lot, and I tend to favor after him. But uh, the Bible is our handbook for life, okay? It's, it's full of cautionary tales, direct instructions for us, um, and then more broad principles that we live by. So, like an example of a cautionary tale in the Bible Let's take the story of David. David slept with Bathsheba and committed adultery. She was married to commit adultery with a married woman, and he suffered some severe consequences. So what are the lessons we can learn in that cautionary tale? Stay in your, line. Stay in your lane. <laughs> there you go, mommy. Well, number one, don't commit adultery with a married woman. That's probably the most obvious one. Don't try to hide your sin from God. David tried to hide his actions, and he was discovered by the prophet Nathan, and it wasn't very good for him. Another one, there are consequences for our actions that are potentially lifelong. Even if you're sorry, even if you're repentant, if you kill somebody, you're probably going to go to jail for the rest of your life, and you're probably going to get the death penalty here in Texas. Even being repentant and being sorry, there's still consequences for your actions while we're on earth. We're saved from the eternal consequences, amen, but there are consequences while we're on earth. You choose to spend all your money and be uh, broke before Friday on spending on candy canes and cotton candy, and sorry, you're just going to have to be broke. That's the consequence of that. Another one, those consequences can affect others. Uh, David and Bathsheba, their son died. And David prayed and prayed and prayed, but unfortunately there was consequences for his actions, and David's son died. And that's, honestly, you need to go read that whole story because there's a lot of good stuff in there. I just, that's a little story in the bible that can teach us some lessons and we can learn from david's mistakes instead of going and making those mistakes ourselves amen so it's got cautionary tales it's got direct instructions got the ten commandments we're going to do them all i put some extra stuff in here just because it's it's nice to go back over it again i know we've all heard of the ten commandments let's say them together thou shalt have no other gods before me thou shalt make no graven image do not take the lord's name in vain keep the sabbath holy Honor your mother and your father. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not lie. Do not covet or do not envy. Those are direct instructions. Do not do this. And then there's all kinds of other scriptures saying, if you do this, this will happen. So it's a promise. Like, if you want to do this, you can, but you're going to get this. And then that's what the curse is. Then you also have blessings in the Bible that say, look, if you will do this, I will bless you abundantly. So... If you're picking this up, the Bible's got a lot of instruction. We, we hear about it the time, the Bible's our handbook. But seriously, if you break it down, it's giving you all kinds of tools in your tool bag to use for how you should behave. That's why we have to read it and read it over and over again because you constantly need that information coming in to say, you know what, I haven't been doing what I need to do on XYZ thing. I've been doing this and, and I'm reading this scripture and it's convicting me. If you want to hear from God... Read the Bible. It's his word, okay? So that's the best way to hear from God is just to read the word. I got that from Brother Jack Johnson. Another thing in the Bible, it's got general principles to live by. What does the Bible say about what you should do when your neighbor's car battery dies? Is that in a... What book is that in? Does anybody know? It's not in there. So the Bible's full of general principles that we also need to live by. These are the tools we put in our, in our uh, tool belt or tool bag, your Batman utility belt. Now, it doesn't say in the book of Leviticus what you should do when your neighbor's car battery dies, but what does it say in Mark 12, 30 and 31? Love the Lord God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, and love your neighbor. Secondly, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these two. So we just think, okay, I'm going to love the Lord God with everything in me, and I'm going to love my neighbor as myself. And so what would I want somebody to do? It's like, that's the golden rule, treat others the way you want to be treated, what what would I want somebody to do to me if I was abandoned in a Walmart parking lot and I had no jumper cables and I couldn't get... I'd want somebody to come help me. So although the Bible doesn't tell us exactly what to do about when somebody drops their book bag and gets papers everywhere or their car's dead or, you know, so, an old lady needs help crossing the street, whatever it is, the Bible does give us guidance and general principles saying, hey, if you'll follow these general principles, you can't go wrong. So it's got all kinds of tools in there, direct ones telling you do this, don't do that. Um, the, the Ten Commandments, it's got general rules. we've got leaders in our church. I'm going to read a bunch of scripture here on this next part and it's I was going to take some out, but I, I thought it'd be best to put it all in there that way you get all the context and I'm going to accent the parts that I really want you to key into. Ephesians 4: 11 through16. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. He gave all these people to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So what do we get there? All those people to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. It's teaching us. These leaders are in place to teach us what to do, become mature, grow up, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves. Who remembers when Pastor Bree did that message about growing up and she had big old Justin Leggett come up here and try to act like a a, a baby? Yeah, Justin Leggett's too big to be carried around on my hip. Justin Leggett's got to grow up and be an adult. We don't need a church full of babies. We need a church full of mature adults. Now... You can be an, adult, be an adult and be mature because you're 31, but spiritually, we get a lot of spiritual babies in here. And so all of you new people that are coming in, y'all are, a lot of y'all are going to be spiritual babies. All of y'all that have been here a year, two years, 10 years, 20 years, if you spend that time goofing around and you haven't spent the time in your Word, if you haven't spent time learning and growing in your relationship with God, you're going to be not a lot of help, unfortunately, to, to a baby Christian. When they say... What does it even? What does the grace of God even mean? And you go, uh, oh, well, well, it actually means. <laughs> uh, mommy and I's got a funny joke for me. I have to tell you all some other time. But uh, if you just go, well, uh, well, well, then you're not going to be able to help that person who's really looking for some answers. Someone says, "Man, I'm really struggling with suicide, and I just don't know what to do about it." And you go, oh, 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 because you haven't prepared for this moment, then. What good are you to that person in that moment? I'm not saying you're a bad person. I'm just saying when somebody needs help and you've been here a long time, yeah. you got to say, what have I done with that time? Have I just come to church, gone through the motions, and leave? Or did I really get the Word down deep in my soul? Was I, the, was I the rocky soil or the soil with the thorns and the thistles? Was I plucked up by the birds? Or was I the good soil that the Word could take root in and grow and produce good fruit? So... Little sidebar there, but definitely keep in mind that the time you have here is very valuable. And we don't have a church full of pew sitters. We have a very active, lively church. And part of that means that you, you owe it to other new Christians that are coming in to be able to help them whenever, whenever they call on you. We spend a lot of time... I'll stick on this for a little while. We, we spend a lot of time in our job... Uh, when I'm not here, training and, run, and running drills and pulling hose and throwing ladders and getting on the whiteboard and drawing up uh, situations and doing size-ups of scenes. And we spend most of our time prepping for what's going to come. We don't just say, hey, you know what, when it's game day, we're going to get out there, we're going to go do it. Because game day for us can come at any moment. You can walk in at 7.30 at shift change and not even have your uniform on, and it's game day right now. And if I'm not prepared for that and somebody's life's in danger, I'm going to carry that weight and then I'm going to, they won't know it, but I will have done them a disservice because I wasn't prepared because I didn't use the time that I had been given to prepare for, for game day, for whenever troubles arise. Back to Ephesians. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves. We've got to mature. These leaders are here to mature us. These leaders are here to help us grow in the word. Tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Now I know that was a lot of verses, but what it's saying just essentially is the teachers that God put in place are here to grow us, teach us, they're here to learn us. If you know the country sayings, they're, they're going to learn you. And sometimes Pastor Bree and Pastor Jimmy get up here and they step on our toes and, and they learn us good up here. But be open to that learning. Lastly, we've got the Holy Spirit. We talked about the Word. We talked about the Bible. we got the Holy Spirit. He is our helper and our teacher, okay? The Bible says He's the helper and the teacher over and over, but I picked John 16 right here. But now I go away to Him who sent me, and none of you ask me where you're going. But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the what? The helper. The helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin. And of righteousness and of judgment of sin. Because they do not believe in me. And of righteousness because I go to my Father. And you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. That conviction... We have the Holy Spirit inside of us, correct? When we receive salvation, we receive the Holy Spirit. And I don't have much longer, guys, so hang with me. We receive the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. That conviction is going to tell you to say no to certain things and say yes to certain things. You need to be praying, God, help me to love what you love. Help me to hate what you hate. Help me to put down what I want to do. Paul said, I do what I don't want to do. And that's what we're doing. If you've ever been there before, you know how it feels where I don't want to do this, but I feel compelled to. I don't, my spirit inside of me doesn't want to, but my flesh wants to do this thing. We've all got our vices that we have to deal with, and we've all been in those situations. But you need to be praying that God help me to love this that you love and hate this that you hate. Help me to stay away from my vices, Lord. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. That is a powerful prayer. You pray it every day. When you pray, the, you pray the Lord's Prayer every day if you want to. Multiple times a day. Because that's, it's so powerful when you say, Lord, lead me not into temptation. Lead me away from that. Yes. You need to be running to the Lord. Don't be running into temptation. Don't, just, don't even hang around it. Don't even have the possibility of sin. I can't remember that scripture exactly, but it speaks about don't even have the opportunity to sin. Yeah. You need to be getting away from it. Jesus said if your right arm causes you to sin... Cut it off. It's not saying everybody in here needs to be without hands and just walking around like this. It's just telling you that the consequences of our sin are so dire that it would be better for you to go through your entire life a blind cripple than to go into the eternal fire with your body healthy. Continuing on in John chapter 16 verse 12. I still have many things to say to you, this is Jesus speaking, but you cannot bear them now. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. Guys, we're talking about the rules here. We're talking about what's been set out in front of us to make our path, to get down the straight and narrow path. I'm not even really teaching about a certain specific thing. I'm teaching basically just listen to your pastors and listen to the Word. I'm telling you... You've got your pastors, you've got the Word, you've got the Holy Spirit inside of you constantly yelling at you to do right and not do wrong. Because at the end of the day, that's what it is. Do right, don't sin. Do good works, don't sin. We can flip it and turn it a hundred different ways. And Pastor Jimmy comes up with a great sermon every week, and Pastor Bree really brings it every Wednesday. But what it comes down to is, live for the Lord, don't live for Satan. Do good works. Don't sin. Follow your conscience and do what it says to do because it's telling you to do right. It's the spirit of truth inside of you. It's the Holy Spirit inside of you. Don't listen to the enemy trying to lie to you. Don't listen to the demons trying to lie to you. So really and truly, every week that he preaches, it's really so simple. It's those two things right there. I'm just telling you to listen to them. You got all these things coming at you to, to try and... Keep you down the straight and narrow path. Uh, unfortunately, and I'm guilty as anybody, we don't listen to those things all the time. We don't listen to the Word. We don't listen to the Holy Spirit convicting us. We don't listen to our pastors. Or, or we hear what they say, and they say, I'm just not going to do that. And I enjoy what I'm doing. I enjoy the sin in my life. Too much to, to let it go. Or, you know what? I will listen to you, Pastor Jeremy, but I need some time. Or I, I will. Holy Spirit, I know you're convicting me for... Whatever, I'm not going to call it anybody's vices. You, I don't have to. Just before I even said it, you can like feel it in your heart. Oh, I know I, this is the vice that I got. I, if I don't even have to say it, you feel it in your heart, you know what it is. I don't got to call it anybody's business. We've got the Holy Spirit ministering to us at all times saying, Johnny, stop doing that. Johnny, turn away from that. Come to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. Is there any lies in all truth? Or is everything good in all truth? There you go. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, and He will take care of what is mine and declare it to you. So, if He's speaking truth all the time, and the Holy Spirit's going to glorify God then therefore, whatever the Holy Spirit tells you to do is going to give glory to God. Okay. Now don't be coming into this church and trying to say, well, the Holy Spirit told me that you need to give me $500. Because the Bible also says to test every spirit. And if you bring something in here and say, well, the Holy Spirit told me that you're going to give me $1,500 today. And I would say, well, I'm going to test that spirit. And that does not go with the word. And that does not go with any other principle. So just like when I play that piano and I do a little triad over here, and I play a G and I go. All these together work together. But if I go. That right there is wrong. Okay? So when you walk in here and say, I need $1,500, we know that, well, when I test against, I know that that's not right. So, That's why we do listen to the Holy Spirit, absolutely, but we test every spirit because there are other things out there, and there are other people who are deceptive and who are bringing in lies, and people that mean well also, who are maybe immature Christians. They haven't, I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, but they haven't um, read the Word, they haven't been in church for any amount of time, they haven't received that discipleship, they are baby Christians and they may come in and say something that's that's not correct and that's okay we love them we're here for you we're gonna teach you but also if a little toddler comes and tells me to jump off this building I'm not gonna do that so I mean that with with all respect uh, that's not anything against somebody who's a new Christian it this Bible is a really big book and uh, there's plenty of people out there on the internet that are trying to fool you and trying to take your money and do all that stuff so they, can, they sometimes put out wrong information to, to people when it gets received. That's, a, that's okay. We're, we're doing our best. Amen. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. The Holy Spirit's going to bless you. and says, therefore, I said that he will take of mine and give to you. And declare it to you. He's going to give it to you. All the knowledge that God has for us, we can go get it. The Holy Spirit gives it to us. We've got the Spirit of God right here on the inside. So that knowledge, that Spirit of truth, whatever it is, we can call on the name of the Lord. We can call on the Holy Spirit at any time and say, Lord Jesus, you say the Holy Spirit is our helper. And so in this moment on this work project or on parenting my children or on the situation with my wife... I just need you to be my helper. And that's the thing. The Bible says the Lord knows what's in your mind before you even say it. He knows what your prayers are before you even say them. So he's an omnipresent, out of time, out of space God. I don't mean out of time, like, oh, gosh, I'm out of time. I mean God is outside of time, space, and matter. He is. He knew the end before the beginning even began. Amen? Because of that, he, he's... Always there for us. He knows what sins I'm, that I'm going to commit tomorrow. He knows where I will fall short. He knows in the next 10 years. Not Now, sidebar, not because I'm destined to do those things and I can't help it and I have no free will. But because he's an omnipresent God, he knows our shortcomings already. And he saved us anyway. And he sent his son to die for us anyway. Even knowing that after we're baptized and after we uh, have just... Ran into Christianity and ran to the Lord with with open arms. Um, that we're still gonna make mistakes and still fail, and He knows all of that stuff before you ever said yes to Him, before you were even born. He already knew all the mistakes Bryce Driver was gonna make, and He loves me anyway. Amen. I'm grateful for that. He gives us knowledge. He teaches us. He helps us. First Corinthians two, twelve and thirteen. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. We're talking about teaching tonight. We might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. That knowledge is free. It is free right in here. It costs nothing to read this word. You could get a Bible for free from here, I can promise you. you. If you can't afford a Bible, we can get you one. And prayer is free. So when you pray and say, Lord Jesus, I need your direction on this thing, I need you on this or that or whatever it is, th- there's no coin slot for prayers. You can pray to the Lord at any time about anything, as much as you want, and trust me, you're not going to get on God's nerves about your prayers, okay? There's nothing too small. He takes delight in every one of the details of your life, and uh, there's definitely better ways to pray. Um, you don't want to be somebody who prays as, Lord, give me, give me, give me, my name's Jimmy. You want to praise the Lord, and you want to worship Him, and uh, the Lord delights in in your praise and in your worship. So there are ways to pray, and that's another thing you'll learn when you read this book. When you read the book of Psalms, is it a grocery list of what you need from the Lord? No. Most of it is giving God glory and honoring Him and, and just worshiping Him. It's not just a, hey God, I want this. It's not a genie, I don't know, it's not like, and then he comes out and gives me what I want. So, there are definitely better ways to pray than others. But, you know, he's not going to get tired of, of hearing your prayer. These things that we also speak, not in words, which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. So, we accept man's teaching from our from our pastors and from our teachers, but even it's not men's teaching as far as the world's teaching. It is men and women physically teaching you. I'm a man up here and I'm physically reading out of this book, but this is not Bryce Driver 101 class where I teach you how I want to do things. We already heard what it sounds like whenever you try to do things your own way. So we're not going to do Bryce Driver music theory. It's going to be Proper music theory. And that's how you get a beautiful melody and a symphony and just an orchestra making something gorgeous. And uh, you do brass driver music theory and you're going to get a bunch of gobbledygook that sounds terrible. Now, these warnings and directions for our life have been put in place by our God to lead us to the highest good. To make us flourish. So we can be the tree that bears fruit, not the fig tree that Jesus cursed because it was full of leaves and had no fruit. And that tree went on to wither and bear no fruit ever again. And so that we may be equipped properly to complete the personal mission that Jesus has set before us, that God has set before us. Just because we can do whatever we want, doesn't mean we should. Just because we can be forgiven... And we can come to church and come to the altar and pray and be forgiven. Just because we can do that after we've sinned, doesn't mean you need to go run and do that sin. Because like I said, you can come up here and be forgiven and you know come back to the arms of the Lord. You can do that, absolutely. Please come do that. But there are still consequences for your sin out in the world. You're saved from eternal damnation, but you're not saved from the Cherokee County Jail if you decide to do something against the law.